Welcome back to episode number 68 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff the MP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's all of our voices, so keep comments, questions, concerns coming to me. You can email me, jeff at the npdude.com. You can also catch me on Facebook and send me a PM there. You can give me a PM personally. I just got one this morning. It was probably last night, but I got it this morning. Uh, that was PM to me personally. I also had several PMs to the NP Dude on Facebook, which is fine. You can give me either way. I'm good with it. I'm okay with it. Either way. Um, just don't track me down and try to knock on my door. That's all I'm asking. Because <laughs> you might get a gun in your face. I don't know. I don't know who you are. Don't be creeping on my house. Um, not that anybody's doing that, but I'm just, it'd be kind of awkward, right? So anyways, we had a good weekend. It was Memorial Day yesterday, so um, it was kind of nice. I got to spend the day with Cub Scouts, and we always walk in the parade, and it's always kind of nice to to try and explain to the kids what the uh, the purpose of Memorial Day is and why it's different than Veterans Day and why we why we should care right and so thank you all that have um, that have family members that have sacrificed for our country and and it is a big deal and it is nice to take the time to just think about that and it's not all about burgers and beers and and a free day off of work so um, try to take that to heart every now and then so thank you thank you family members for uh, for your for your loved one's sacrifices. Really mean it. What do we want to talk about today? Uh, housekeeping. Uh, Facebook, we're at 850 something, 852. So we're getting there. We're getting there, guys. Share the show. I need your help. I really do. I can't do this without you guys. A, a couple posts on Facebook here and there isn't going to be enough to get uh, the word out. I need you guys to help me spread the word about the show, about uh, the, the need for us to come together and uh, have a common voice and, and how we can, can we work together and collaborate amongst ourselves and not need necessarily to collaborate with other professions outside of ours. So keep sharing. Keep, keep sharing. Appreciate it. Today, what do we want to talk about? I got a contracts question, and we'll just hit that one quick because it's really pretty easy. And it was somebody that sent me a PM this morning, and, and uh, again, it's my last in, first out thing. And it's, um, it had to do with a contract employee relationship in a at-will state. And um, what does that matter? And then also, just back to the general termination type question, if you terminate without giving 60 days notice or 30 days notice or whatever it is, what's the consequences of that? And I think I've beat up on that several times before. So if you want, you can always go back and re-listen to the older shows, the contracts. You put a contract in the search term on my on my website, and that's uh, thenpdude.com. Sorry, I almost went with the at. It's hard paying attention when you're driving railroad tracks. Anyways, this question, again, I've, I've already kind of hit this one, but it might be in multiple places to get all the information. But specific to this individual, first and foremost, um, the state that you're in is an, is an at-will state, which a lot of them are. And all that means is that if you are an employee at will without a contract, that you can terminate either person can terminate the contract or the, the employment relationship it's, it's not technically a contract with without cause now there's always qualifiers to that so if you're an employee at will and you work for say a hospital system as an RN that's typically an employee at will now if you have unions and things like that it gets even more gray and fuzzy and we don't want to get into that because it's not worth the headache if you guys have a union question, you can email me that one, but I'm not sure I'm going to cover it on this show. It might be outside of the scope of what I think we're doing, because I don't think there's that many unioned NPs. There might be a couple out there. 
But if you're working as an at-will employee, the, the biggest issue with that is, um, depending on the state, they may actually create reasons that they can't get rid of you. And what I mean is an example. Let's let's do this one. So say you work for a company. It doesn't matter what it is. I used to work engineering. So let's say it's an engineering consulting company. And I'm an at-will employee. I don't. There's no contracts typically in that business. You just get hired. If you do a good job, you stick around. If you don't, you get fired. So I've been working there for a year. And the boss comes into my office and says, you know what? We're going to have layoffs because we didn't get that big contract or whatever. And oh, by the way, your job is safe. Don't worry about it. I I plan on keeping you around. We need to have you here to do X, Y, or Z. I need you here, but we're going to have these layoffs. So they practically guaranteed your position. Now, if you have no proof of that, that's a different story. But if you have proof of it, say in writing, he wrote an email that said, don't worry about your job. You're safe. You're not going to go anywhere. Um, you can keep that email. Now they actually have to give you some kind of cause beyond um, that that reason, like the layoffs. So like you're embezzling or something, then they get fired again. But you, you know, so you, you you have to look at what the employment at will relationship is. Now with a contract employee, and go back to listen to that show. And I think I can't remember what number it was thirteen, maybe fifteen. I can't remember. It was a while ago. It was in the first twenty. And it was the one that was about the, the employee, the contract employee, and the, and the contractor, and what the differences are, and all that stuff. If you go back and listen to that show, that fits and is tailored perfectly for an at-will situation. Because I talk about employment at will all throughout that. And then what happens when you do get a contract? So it just basically, your at-will is like the least restrictive, and then you can restrict it further if you, would, if you, wanted, if you want to do that. So when it's agreed upon by both parties. So you're allowed to do it. You can have a contract in an at-will employment state. It's just it's it's a different classification of employment status. And so what does that mean with the termination? Now it really depends on what the contract specifically says. If they just say you have to give so much days notice, but there's no liquidated damages. Liquidated damages are predetermined amounts of money because it's difficult to figure out after the fact, and courts don't like to do that. They, they really don't. They don't want to penalize somebody, and they don't want to you know, go through the headache of trying to figure this out. So employers, if they're smart, will often put in liquidated damages. That would basically cover their expenses that they would have incurred if, if you do terminate the contract early without giving notice. You can also have liquidated damages for terminating the contract early, not even a notice provision. Just, you know, I'm, I'm a year in on a two-year contract, and I, I want to leave. Well, they may ding you with a liquidated damage for the second year. That's that's very possible. So, what does it mean for you in your particular circumstance? There's no there's no specific liquidated damages. Can they sue you? Yes. Can they win? Yes. Can they get um, judgment against you? Yes. If you breach that 60 or 30 day notice term of, of termination of the contract provision, the problem is is that you got to quantify what the damages are as as the employer. So how do you do that? Well, you could have invoices of you know hiring a headhunter cost that showed your their cost of hiring you. So that might be something that they have to do. But if you're leaving in six months, they would have to do that anyways. So it's hard to you know get that that money. You could, if you got a good defense attorney on your side, they could. They could chip the number down pretty small. So what else could they have? Well, maybe they paid for your insurance, your malpractice insurance. Well, they might get that back. 
um, if it's for another year, you know what I mean? If you have a two-year policy or something, which it typically doesn't happen. What else could they get? They could get um, any weird benefits that they gave you. So if there's any money that you that was left on the table that that you're walking away with that you shouldn't really get, that's basically what they could sue you for. So if you just think, does this seem fair? Was this contemplated in the agreement? Then... You know, and if it's a no, if it wasn't contemplated in the agreement, then chances are they could probably get it back. But they got to fight to get it, and so they're going to pay how many thousands of dollars to a lawyer to get just you know a handful of thousands of dollars for an NP. You know, to, to hire another NP maybe was that part of the cost? Probably, but is that realistic? Probably not. So in reality, it sounds like a toothless contract, and I say toothless all the time, but it's it just it, it doesn't hurt. And <laughs> there's nothing they could bite you, but it doesn't hurt you. That's that's my best analogy for that contract. So can you walk away? Yeah, you probably could. Do you want to do that and look like a schmuck? Probably not. I would say reputation is more important than contract terms. Doing the right thing and being an up, up, you know upstanding in your community is the the best thing you can do. You know your name and your license are the two only things that you really have. So and I'm not sure what the intent of the question was. Were you asking the question? To just you know, see what you can do in case things go south, or if you're actually actively trying to get out of a contract. I don't know the answer to that. That wasn't in the in the hypothetical, so I, I don't know what, how to how to give that advice. But if it, if you're actively trying to get out of a contract, there are reasons I would suggest to breach a contract, and I talk about that too. There's a whole half of an episode on why I would breach a contract. Go back and listen. Go find it. But breach of contract. It should come up be one of the first first shows. So I, I would I would say um, you know send me more information you know if, if there's anything specific that you want to know about but go back and listen to the other shows I think you'll get your all your answers in those other shows and and it's it's always fun to see when when multiple show questions get jammed together because I'm like do I want to really send people to see you know three or four different of my posts and go find you know three or four different shows I yeah I do I want you guys to go listen to all of them because maybe there's something in there that triggers something in your brain that says ooh I got another question or ooh I got another situation that hasn't been contemplated that it would be a great question for Jeff and so I, I, I do want you to go la- listen to those but I think sometimes it's difficult with time and, and I also don't want to be that schmuck that just sends you to eight shows to get one answer so sometimes you're going to hear a repeat guys and I apologize but it's good to re- reinforce some things Things every now and then, and, and I'm not going to try to harp on the same stuff over and over again, but these are the questions people are having, so I'm trying to just help any way I can. Second question of the day, what do we want to talk about? Let's see. Um, this one's from me, and I just it's an observation that I have, and, and um, just I'm, I want to just unzip my brain and just think about this, and I, I've, I've thought about it in the past, I've talked about it in the past in, in school and with other people, and, and I just want to talk about it now, and, it, and um, this wasn't stemming from anything really on Facebook other than Every now and then I see a question or something where somebody asks on the forums, what, what's the value of a DNP versus just getting your NP? And, um, and you get, it's one of those super opinionated questions, right? Everybody has kind of their own you know, philosophy on it. And, and, and here's kind of where I want to go with it. And I want to just kind of talk about it because I'm like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm on the fence on this one, right? I, I really like the idea of the DNP. I really do. Um, but I really think it, in a lot of schools, it's uh, it's it's the same thing as the MSN with a couple extra classes. Now, sometimes they make you do more research, but guess what? When I did my MSN, we did a full-blown research project all the way through to presentation. So I don't know if that that you know that was a DNP quality research product, 
<laughs> you know, it's a re- re- project, I should say. So, do I think that we need to, to you know, if, if I was going to get a DMP compared to my MSN, it really wouldn't have been that much different, I don't think. And maybe I'm missing the boat. But I think I would have had, you know, one or two more classes, maybe another clinical or two, and I call it a DNP, right? So I guess it just depends on what the DNP is focusing on. And I don't, I don't know all of them, but I think a lot of them are a repeat of MSN stuff. In which case, I think they're missing the boat. And it sounds like it's, it's money. It sounds like money to the schools. They make it sound like this is the new terminal degree and, and, and all this stuff. And, and that got me to thinking about something else. So do we need to have a DNP as a terminal degree to, for practice? Or an entrance degree for practice, or whatever they call it. They got the language that people use for it, but but it's would that be the requirement, the minimum required to get your license? I I don't think you need it. I really don't. I just don't. And when I was in school, when I was especially when I was in my bachelor's degree, and we were doing a lot of the ethical stuff and looking at different things in nursing practice, and we talked, we touched on advanced practice in nursing school about you know what the advanced practice nurses do and and that kind of stuff and it was more academic than anything but it was it was good foundation of information and I remember thinking to myself they were talking at the time about whether they were going to make masters or bachelor's level mandatory for your RN right and then that led to the discussion of doctorate oh it's going to be a doctorate soon for your N, for your NP license and it's going to be mandatory, so you know if you're going to do it, you better do it soon, and all that you know that stuff. And I think that that's the 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 argument that is being made by the academics. And I think that there's a large population of people that think that you have to have a DNP to be um, credible. And I don't think that's true. I really don't. And so, and I, and I liken it to the analogy of a physical therapist. Physical therapy used to be a bachelor's degree. You did two years of prerequisites, then you went and you applied for your program. You got, you got in. You had to be the top of the class. It was very difficult to get in. Um, they had very specific prerequisite requirements that were mandatory. Then you would get in. You would take your DN your or your P, your PT coursework um, in the PT program. You'd graduate with a bachelor's in PT or bachelor's in science in PT or whatever they called it. And you would go out and you work and you'd make decent money and you had a great job. And then it w- and then they said, well, no, 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 we need a master's as a terminal degree for practice, for entrance to practice. And they were like, why? Well, we just need it. So now they mandated that you have a bachelor's degree. Then you applied to PT school and got into your master's program. And then you did a two-year pr- master's program and did that. So functionally, you still only had two years of PT school. But now you had a, a whole bachelor's degree with you know basket weaving and, and geology and geography and you know uh, women's studies and, and and other classes that may very well be interesting but aren't necessarily applicable to the um, the practice of physical therapy. And I liken the DNP to that. It's it's maybe great information requiring additional education. Sure, it's nice to have that. But who really benefits from this? Does the population at large benefit? Do the people that need those services really care that the PT has a DPT now and it's mandatory to have a doctorate in physical therapy because it makes them credible in the community? Are physical therapists more credible or less credible as a DPT than a bachelor's degree? No difference. It doesn't matter. There's no credibility issue. They, they were just as good as what they were before. 
another another year of school doesn't really make that much different because a lot of it you're either going to specialize and go into you know, pediatrics or outpatient or inpatient or and, and you're going to learn what you need to kind of on the job too which is what you did in your clinicals anyways but it's the same same concept so do I think we need a DNP? I, I, I like the idea of the DNP. I really do. I just think that if it's a repeat of the master's level stuff, then I think the DPT is useless. And the online DPTs, other than the sake of just getting a DPT to have the letters after your name, I don't really think there's much value to it unless you want to teach. And, and then, guess what? You're going to pay more money to teach. You can still teach with a master's degree. There's no reason to get a DPT to teach. Now, you, what I think would be more beneficial if you wanted to be a teacher would be go get a PhD in education. I think that would be more applicable, to be honest with you. You know, because understanding more nurse practitioner level information to teach advanced physi physiology doesn't help you become a better teacher to teach advanced physiology. It just doesn't. That's my opinion, anyways. And there's actually one program I know of that's near me that does a master's in nursing education, which is a nice, that sounds like a nice niche degree. That might be interesting. So I think that the, the, you have to value the, the you know, put a, put a price tag on what you're doing. Is it really beneficial to you? If it's a repeat of what you already know, I don't think it's that great. You can get that in CMEs for free on AANP, and you don't get the letters. That's the only downfall. Do I like the idea of it, though? I do like the idea of it for specialties. I think this would be the way of the future, though. Wouldn't it be cool if we had our master's degree would be your, like, your general, like, med degree, and then your DPT, or, your, sorry, your DNP would be the, um, the equivalent of going to residency for medical school, medical students, after you graduate and then go to residency, which would be more specific. So, like, a DNP in nephrology or DNP in... in you know, uh, cardiology or something like that. I think that would be pretty cool. And I, I just don't know how many students those programs would have. So I think that a lot of what these programs are doing is they're just trying to push the idea. They're selling you on the idea of staying in school longer so that they can make more money off of you. That's why. They, you're, you're a sure thing. You guys are smart. <laughs> you're going to stick it out. You guys are dedicated. So they know they got you on the hook for three years for a, a, a DNP. They're, you know, they're going to keep you around. You're going to pay your tuition. You're not that freshman that's going to go in and drop out after a semester and get get that attrition that happens with the new the new students that are like, you know, I'm like four years, five years, and I have no guarantee of a decent job. I'm not doing that. I'm out. But with a DNP, that's where they're making their money, or that, they're making their money on these post secondary uh, or post bachelor's level. Is where they're making a lot of money in these schools now. Anyways, I, th I just think it's interesting to think about, and I, I, I wasn't really sure how I was going to do this podcast with with respect to that. But I've seen several people post this and say, "Hey, you know, I'm, I want to do DNP. What's the best one online, and or, or which which one's the best DNP program, or what? You know, what, did anybody go to this DNP program?" And it's like. I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, why would you do a DMP? I, I don't understand unless it's in something very specific or it's such a good school that you know, you're know you assured that you're going to get a, a, a good job, but I don't think that exists. I really just don't. So I guess I'm answering it with my opinion of would I ever get a DNP? Not really. Not unless there was some compelling change in the market that dictated that I needed to do it or it made sense for me to do it. 
you know, like uh, Medicare reimburses DNPs at a much higher rate than an in regular, you know, FNP masters. Sure, I might consider it. I'll do the cost-benefit breakdown and see how long would I have to, you know, how many Medicare patients do I see, and is it worth my while to do it? Maybe I don't know. But would I do it just for the name? I, I really wouldn't. I don't think we need that to justify our credibility. I really don't. I think that's a marketing scam, a little bit. I think the, the universities are using it as a marketing scam to get people to say, oh, well, yeah, DMP sounds great, and it's it's only another year. Well, it's another year, but do you really need to spend another year? I don't know. If you want to do it, great, I'd go for it. I'm, I wouldn't fault anybody for it, but I just, I, for me, I, it doesn't make sense to me, and it doesn't make sense why I would spend another year of, of substantial amount of money to do the same job that's coming out the other side, unless there's a compelling reason to, to, for me. Just getting the letters. I got enough letters. I don't need any more. So anyways, keep the comments and questions coming, guys. We're only at 20-some minutes, 20, 21 minutes. Um, so I'm going to keep it short today, but welcome back to the show. I'm sorry it's been such a lag in the show, um, but keep listening, guys. Keep sharing the show. Keep sending me questions, guys. I got a couple more that I, I have on the back burner. I'm going to be getting to those in the next day or so, and hopefully I'll get better at getting them out to you guys. I know I sent out two shows last week on the same day, and that was it for the week. It was, it was a rough week. It was busy at work, and it's been, been crazy with the kids and baseball and getting ready for Memorial Day and trying to get stuff done around the house. It's beautiful out, though. Today is beautiful. It's like 60 degrees, bright blue. It's early in the morning. There's barely a cloud in the sky. Everything's green. It rained last night, so everything's growing well. Beautiful. Beautiful day. Enjoy your day, guys. Have a wonderful day back after work and or uh, missing, uh, missing work yesterday, playing hooky with Memorial Day. So back at it. Start the day with purpose, and we'll talk soon.